O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Tor House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Tor House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat Friday night at 9 p.m. your local time. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah house every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah house. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahuwah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month, there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. When you sign up to get onto our email list, the prayer theme for the month will be sent to you by email. It is an excellent article with a prayer focus and prayer points. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your local time as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to Yeshua and to His great and glorious Torah. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayashev, and it means, and he settled. Genesis 39, 7-23 After a time, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. 
but he refused. He said to his master's wife, Look, with me here my master gives no thought to anything in this house, and all that he owns he has placed in my hands. He wields no more authority in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except yourself, since you are his wife. How then could I do this most wicked thing and sin before Hashem? And as much as she coaxed Joseph day after day, he did not yield to her request to lie beside her, to be with her. One such day he came into the house to do his work. None of the household being there inside, she caught hold of him by his garment and said, Lie with me. But he fled, and he left his garment in her hand, and got away and fled outside. When she saw that he had left it in her hand and had fled outside, she called out to her servants and said to them, Look, he had to bring us a Hebrew to dally with us. This one came to lie with me, but I screamed out loud. And when he heard me screaming at the top of my voice, he left his garment with me and got away and fled outside. She kept his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew slave whom you brought into our house came to me to dally with him. But when I screamed at the top of my voice, he left his garment with me and fled outside. When his master heard the story that his wife told him, namely, Thus and so your slave did to me, he was furious. So Joseph's master had him put in prison, where the king's prisoners were confined. But even while he was there in prison, Hashem was with Joseph. He extended kindness to him and disposed the chief jailer favorably toward him. The chief jailer put in Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in that prison, and he was the one to carry out everything that was done there. The chief jailer did not supervise anything, that was in Joseph's charge, because Hashem was with him, and whatever he did, Hashem made successful. Daniel 2.24-3.30 Thereupon Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to do away with the wise men of Babylon. He came and said to him as follows, Do not do away with the wise men of Babylon. Bring me to the king, and I will tell the king the meaning. So Arioch rushed Daniel into the king's presence and said to him, I have found among the exiles of Yehuda a man who can make the meaning known to the king. The king said in reply to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar, Can you really make known to me the dream that I saw and its meaning? Daniel answered the king and said, The mystery about which the king has inquired, wise men, exorcists, magicians, and diviners, cannot tell to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what is to be at the end of days. This is your dream and the vision that entered your mind in bed. O king, the thoughts that came to your mind in your bed are about future events. He who reveals mysteries has let you know what is to happen. Not because my wisdom is greater than that of other creatures has this mystery been revealed to me, but in order that the meaning should be made known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. O king, as you looked on, there appeared a great statue. This statue, which was huge, and its brightness surpassing, stood before you. 
and its appearance was awesome. The head of that statue was of fine gold, its breast and arms were of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet part iron and part clay. As you looked on, a stone was hewn out, not by hands, and struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay, and crushed them. All at once the iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold were crushed and became like chaff of the threshing floors of summer. A wind carried them off until no trace of them was left. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Such was the dream, and we will now tell the king its meaning. You, O king, king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given kingdom, power, might, and glory, into whose hands he has given men, wild beasts, and the fowl of heaven, wherever they may dwell, and to whom he has given dominion over them all, you are the head of gold. But another kingdom will arise after you, inferior to yours. Then yet a third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over the whole earth. But the fourth kingdom will be as strong as iron, and just as iron crushes and shatters everything, and like iron that smashes, so will it crush and smash all these. You saw the feet and toes, the part potter's clay and part iron. That it means it will be a divided kingdom. It will have only some of the stability of iron, inasmuch as you saw iron mixed with common clay. And the toes were part iron and part clay. That means the kingdom will be in part strong and in part brittle. You saw iron mixed with common clay. That means they shall intermingle with the offspring of men, but shall not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will establish a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, a kingdom that shall not be transferred to another people. It will crush and wipe out all these kingdoms, but shall itself last forever. Just as you saw how a stone was hewn from the mountain, not by hands, and crushed the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great Hashem has made known to the king what will happen in the future. The dream is sure, and its interpretation reliable. Then King Nebuchadnezzar prostrated himself and paid homage to Daniel, and ordered that a meal offering and pleasing offerings be made to him. The king said and replied to Daniel, Truly your God must be the God of gods and the Lord of kings, and the reveal of mysteries to have enabled you to reveal this mystery. The king then elevated Daniel and gave him very many gifts and made him governor of the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect of all the wise men of Babylon. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to administer the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself was at the king's court. King Nebuchadnezzar made a statue of gold, sixty emote high and six emote broad. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar then sent word to gather the satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, officers, 
and all the provincial officials to attend the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, officers, and all the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and stood before the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. The herald proclaimed in a loud voice, You are commanded, O peoples and nations of every language. When you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other types of instruments to fall down and worship the statue of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up, whoever will not fall down and worship shall at once be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. And so, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, psaltery, and all other types of instruments, all peoples and nations of every language fell down and worshipped the statue of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Seizing the occasion, certain Chaldeans came forward to slander the Jews. They spoke up and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, gave an order that everyone who hears the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, psaltery, bagpipe, and all types of instruments must fall down and worship the golden statue. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you appointed to administer the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those men pay no heed to you, O king. They do not serve your God or worship the statue of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in raging fury, ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought. So those men who were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke to them and said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the statue of gold that I have set up? Now if you are ready to fall down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all other types of instruments, well and good. But if you will not worship, you shall at once be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. And what God is there that can save you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in reply to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. For if so, it must be our God whom we serve is able to save us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will save us from your power, O king. But even if he does not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the statue of gold that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his visage, his face was distorted, and he gave an order to heat up the furnace to seven times its usual heat. He commanded some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the burning, fiery furnace. So these men, in their shirts, trousers, hats, and other garments, were bound and thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace was heated to excess, a tongue of flame killed the men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, dropped, bound, into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and rising in haste, he addressed his companions, saying, Did we not throw three men bound into the fire? They spoke in reply, Surely, O king. He answered, But I see four men walking about unbound and unharmed in the fire, and the fourth looks like a divine being. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the hatch of the burning fiery furnace and called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the royal companions gathered around to look at those men on whose bodies the fire had had no effect, the hair of whose heads had not been singed, whose shirts looked no different, to whom not even the odor of fire clung. Nebuchadnezzar spoke up and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel to save his servants, who, trusting in him, flouted the king's decree at the risk of their lives, rather than serve or worship any god but their own Hashem. I hereby give an order that anyone of any people or nation of whatever language who blasphemes the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and his house confiscated, for there is no other god who is able to save in this way. Thereupon the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. First Peter four seven to five fourteen. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch in prayer. And above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Yeshua, to whom be praise and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Yeshua's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Yeshua, happy are you, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin first with us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful Creator. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Yeshua, 
and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yes, all of you be subject to one another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, who you resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Yeshua, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother to you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God, wherein you stand. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salutes you, and so does Marcus, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace be with you all that are in Yeshua. Amen. Psalm 119, 81-96 My soul faints for the Lord's salvation, but I hope in your word. My eyes fail for your word, saying, When will you come comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which are not after your Torah. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not your precepts. Quicken me after your loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness is unto all generations. You have established the earth, and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances, for all are your servants. Unless your Torah had been my delight, I should then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for with them you have quickened me. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Proverbs 28, 15 and 16 As a roaring lion and as a ranging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. The prince that wants understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hates covetousness shall prolong his days. I want to speak to you from Daniel chapter 2 and 3 today.
And some real insights came to me as I was reading along in the scriptures about these two chapters. Daniel is faced with a life-threatening situation. The king has had a dream, and he's not telling anyone what the dream is, but he wants his wise men or his magicians to first tell him what the dream is and then to interpret it. And nobody can do that, so now he wants all of the wise men and the magicians to be executed. So when word gets to Daniel that that's what the situation is, Daniel prays, and then he sends word, a message to the king, let me come before you, and I will ask the God of Israel to reveal to me the dream and its interpretation, its meaning. So Daniel comes before the king, and the Lord has indeed revealed to him this dream. And in the dream, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar has seen a, a very tall statue, and the statue has a head of gold, arms of silver, two arms of silver, belly, chest, and thighs of bronze, and then legs that are made of iron, and feet and toes made of iron and clay. So Daniel tells him about this statue. And then he sees in the end of days a large stone hitting, striking the statue at the feet. And then the whole statue is destroyed and is crumbled and taken down. So then Daniel begins to interpret this dream. And he says, this statue is about the end of days. You, O king, are the head, the head of gold. So Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon, so the head of the statue represents Babylon. And then the two arms of silver, um, the, the king that succeeds Babylon, the kingdom that rises up next, is Medo-Persia. The Medes and the Persians, two different groups that came together as the Medo-Persian Empire. And then the belly and thighs of bronze, it's commonly understood that the next kingdom that rose up after Medo-Persia was the Greek Empire. And Greece was known as the Empire of Bronze. And then we have the iron legs, which represents Rome. And Rome was known as the kingdom that ruled with an iron fist. They, and so it was also the age of iron. And then finally, we have this, the feet of iron and clay. And they don't mix very easily. So now I'm just going to think out loud with you, and I'm going to postulate. I'm going to hypothesize. I'm going to put out a theory, okay, for your consideration. What, is, what do the feet of iron and clay represent? They don't mix well. Well, to better understand it, now this is the final kingdom that is in power just prior to the return of Yeshua. That big rock that strikes the statue, that's Yeshua, the Mashiach. He comes and he takes down the end of days beast system and destroys it. And then this rock becomes an exceedingly great mountain like Mount Zion and Yeshua's kingdom is ushered in. His rule of 1,000 years is ushered in. So the feet of iron and clay is the beast system, the end of days, final kingdom, just prior to the return of Yeshua. 
Now, to understand more about this last part, this last kingdom, the iron and clay, we can go to Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel 7, we see four different beasts. And each of those beasts are corresponding to or associated with the statue of Daniel 2. So to learn more about the iron feet of iron and clay, we got to go to Daniel 7. And so we have four great beasts that come up out of the sea. The first is like a lion. Well, that lion with eagle's wings, that's Babylon. That's the head of gold. Okay. And then the second beast comes and it's a bear and it's raised up on one side. And so that's the Medo-Persian Empire because one part, the Medes, was greater than the other part, the, the Persians. And so we have the bear raised up on one side, and that's the Medo-Persian, the second kingdom. Then the third beast is a leopard, and that leopard would represent Greece. And finally, we have a fourth beast, Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, and it had huge iron teeth, and it was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. So this is a dreadful and terrifying beast. It tramples upon the saints and wearies them and wears them down. And this dreadful and terrifying beast corresponds to the feet of iron and clay. So the feet of iron and clay then are going to stomp on and stamp to stomp on the, the saints and wear them down. And um, so how does that correspond to what we're seeing today? Well, we see global tyranny rising up because of the uh, pandemic and the jab uh, vax mandates and the mask mandates and the lockdowns and the quarantines. I'm just going to read you a couple of headlines that I'm reading just from today. Germany imposes new COVID-19 measures on unvaccinated people amid the surge in cases. So Germany is one of the most highly vaccinated nations in the world. And of course, those that are getting there, it's not a vaccination. First of all, that's the lie. It is a bioweapon. So when a person gets the jab, they're getting a bioweapon. They're getting COVID-19, um, the spike protein installed into their body. Also, with the mRNA technology, the mRNA that's in the, in the serum is going to talk to your DNA and tell your DNA to produce spike protein. Also within the serum, we have graphene oxide, which looks like little tiny magnetic particles. And under if it's surrounded by a, an electromagnetic field, it self-assembles into an internal network. Also within the serum, we have nanobots that also self-assemble. So basically you have an operating system that is being installed in a person's body. It's transhumanism, where you are part human and part computer operating system, part machine, transhumanism. And so um, this tyranny that's associated to all of this uh, jab business, Austria to enter lockdown and to make COVID-19 jabs mandatory for all citizens. Okay. And then 
again, in back to Germany, the unvaccinated are now becoming like second-class citizens. They will be barred from public life, not able to participate in basic public life arenas, um, the life of the public, like going to restaurants or getting out to shop or doing anything uh, because they're unvaccinated. So there's the tyranny. There's the feet stamping on and tromping on the saints and wearing them down and making them weary. So there's this tremendous tyranny uh, that's associated to the COVID-19 uh, measures that are being imposed. And, and that's a beast-like trait or symptom, characteristic. Now, here's where I want to hypothesize with you. The feet that are iron and clay, and the iron and clay does not mix easily. Let's just think out loud about this. Adam was made from the dust of the earth. And in fact, Adam is, you know, that word in Hebrew, it, it points us to that he's of the earth. He's made of dirt. Okay. So in fact, when a person dies, you often hear ashes to ashes, dust to dust. From the dust you came and from the dust you will return. And clay is made from earth. It's made from dirt, okay? So we are basically, essentially, we're made of clay. We're made of earth, dirt. The creator made us from dirt, okay? And then we have iron. And what iron? Well, machines, computers, chips, networks, wiring, electrical systems. That's all, you know, the machine side of things, non-living matter. And so when a person gets jabbed and then boosted and boosted and boosted multiple times, basically a transhumanism process is underway. And some have postulated that where this is going ultimately is that at some point, an artificial intelligence entity, a satellite that will be launched will be the AI entity, artificial intelligence entity, and everyone who's been jabbed, everyone who's taken the, the shot, the injection, because they have all those nanobots within them, and it's, it's been said that there's trillions of the mRNA packets that deliver the mRNA to every cell of your body because it goes from the injection site through your lymphatic system and into your bloodstream, into every part of your body into all of your major organs and tissues. Um, and it all gets delivered and built out so that one day when this AI entity is perhaps launched as a satellite up into space and it goes live, then all the people who have been jabbed, all the nanobots within them will be in communication with the AI entity. And so it, it's a beast. This is, could potentially be the beast. And so one interpretation, one possible way you could look at these feet of iron and clay is all this transhumanism that's going on with this jab. And it's a corruption of the human genome, a corruption of the human DNA. So it's just something to think about. It's a theory. It's a working theory that I'm thinking about. And I would love to hear from you if you have some thoughts, if you concur, or if you have another interpretation or a point of view out there, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email, which is bridgeconnector at startmail.com. 
That's bridgeconnector at startmail.com. Now, the other thing I wanted to discuss with you is the, the chapter that follows immediately is the whole thing about Nebuchadnezzar setting up this huge statue of himself. Now, first he has a dream of a statue. And then the next chapter, now he's built the statue that he dreamed about. Of course, it's all gold. The whole statue is gold. So it's not exactly a replica of what he dreamed. But he makes a statue, you know, and everybody has to bow down to it. And it's a, an image of himself. So it's idolatry. So, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego absolutely refuse to bow down to that statue. They're not going to do it because that violates the second law of the Ten Commandments. I don't think there's any coincidence that it was that kind of a flow and sequence, that first he has a dream of a statue, and then he builds a statue in the very next chapter, and idolatry is on the scene. Because you see, this whole vaccine, I won't say vaccine, this jab business is about idolatry. What makes me say that? Okay, so let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 25, verse 7, where it is written, And he, that is Yahweh, will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that has spread over all the nations. That's Isaiah 25, verse 7. And that word veil in Hebrew is masika, and it means a pouring, a libation, molten metal, cast image. Molten God, covering, and veil. And it's that exact same Hebrew word that is used in Exodus chapter 32, verse 8. And the context of that verse is, um, you know, Moses has gone up to the Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. And when he comes back down, he finds that the people have quickly strayed away and have built a golden calf, a molten calf. So in Exodus 32, 8, it, it is written, They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it. And that word molten in the Hebrew is masika. So it is a word that can mean veil or molten, and it is associated with idolatry. Idolatry. So this veil, this mask, that we're often required to wear in public. It is associated to idolatry. And we see in, in Daniel chapter 3, a huge golden image that the king wants everyone to bow down to. So those people out there who are not people of faith, who don't put their trust in the God of Israel, in Yeshua, who are, you know, backslidden or uh, atheists or whatever, um, they're putting their trust in a mask to protect them, and they're putting their trust in a jab to protect them from the COVID virus. And so they're walking in fear. They're afraid of getting the COVID virus. They're afraid of dying. And so they ameliorate that fear by going and getting the jab and wearing the mask. That's idolatry. And so, again, I, I would just put it out there for your consideration as a possibility to consider that perhaps we are seeing the feet of iron and clay manifesting in this world through this uh, push that they want every single person on earth to be jabbed with this poisonous bioweapon.
and that it is all about if you happen to survive the jab and you don't die from it or get severely injured from it, those that survive from the the culling of the herd, the thinning out of the herd, will be part of this new transhumanism uh, end of days beast system. And is it the mark of the beast? Not yet, but it's it's certainly a process that's moving us in that direction. Because if you refuse to take the jab, no jab, no job. Many, many people, doctors, nurses, firefighters, police officers, federal employees, state employees are being fired because they refuse to take the jab. So, you know, it's taking away people's livelihood. So it's something for you to consider. And I just encourage you to stick to your convictions. Be courageous, be strong, uh, cling to Yeshua. That is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They went into the fiery furnace, and Yeshua was with them in it. And we may not be literally thrown into a fiery furnace today, but there are other kinds of fiery furnaces of trials that we all go through that, you know, like losing your job because you refuse to take the jab or um, not being able to see a loved one, a child, uh, or a grandchild, or a sister, or a brother, because you're unvaccinated, and they won't let you see them unless you you will get the jab. So there's different kinds of trials, fiery trials, that we're all going through right now. And so let us be encouraged by the faith and the courage and the boldness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they refuse to bow, to bend, or to compromise to idolatry. And um, and they, they trusted in the Lord 100%, and the Lord delivered them, and He will deliver you as well. That's all I have for today. Have a blessed day, and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>